children as a family of Christ. God, we pray that you keep us going in the right path, trusting and obeying, knowing that as we trust and obey you, as we walk according to your bidding, you will reward us. We will reach the expected destination. Thank you, glorious God. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts as I speak be acceptable to you, O Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Amen. We may be seated. I welcome us to church this morning. And we have a very key topic for our sermon this morning. The topic is be steadfast, always abounding in God's word, for your labor in the Lord is not in vain. But the topic is be steadfast, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Always abounding in God's word. Hallelujah. First Corinthians fifteen fifty-eight. We are talking about work, but not just any kind of work. We are talking of God's work, the work of the Lord. Hallelujah. There are different types of work. If you read from Galatians chapter 5, verse 19 downwards, you see the works of the flesh. The works of the flesh. We're not talking about works of the flesh, which are Sinful works, sinful actions, sinful emotions that lead to eternal death. The Bible talks about the works of darkness. We are not talking about the works of darkness. We are not talking about the works of the flesh. When we are praying and when we discuss among ourselves, I'm sure part of what occupies us now is the work of party politics. The work of registering to vote and collecting your PVC, your voter's card. There are all kinds of work. 
But thank God we are going to limit ourselves to God's work. Hallelujah. And we are not talking about just walking the walk, but abounding in it. Different versions of the scriptures will give us different words. We will also remember our theme, which is there, that we should be strong and never be discouraged. There will be reward for our work. To be strong and never be discouraged. That same sort of words were used in New Living Translation. To be strong and immovable. King James Version will say, to be steadfast and immovable. Other versions will say, be firm, stand firm. Amplified Version will say, be firm, be steadfast, be immovable. About how to do the work, it says, abounding. One translation says, be enthusiastic about it. Do it all the time, continuously. I like the Igbo language. And I looked at the Igbo Bible. I will read it for us, the entire verse. First Corinthians 15, verse 58. In Igbo language, Yamere. Tibo language is unbeatable for those who understand it. No shaking. Hallelujah. Ndi na lubiga olu onye wanyo oke mbwe ni ine. Ngati lubigia oke mbo fodo mbwe ni ine. Ebu unu matara. Nandobu unu na adobu unu nolo. Apu ihefu ni mwenye wanyo. Some of us don't understand Ibu. So naturally, I will go back to English. Amen. That's the topic for us to take the work of God seriously, doing it all the time, abounding in it, being enthusiastic about it, completing our tasks, and knowing that our reward is sure. You know, we are we are taking this passage from St. Paul's letter to the church in Corinthian. That's the Corinthian church. The first letter, so it's first Corinthians. He was writing to a church in a place where there was a lot of non-Christian practices. There was a lot of immorality. There was party spirit. Even in that church, people were also involved in party spirit. People were interested in standing by Paul, standing by Apollos, standing by different ministers, which is wrong. And St. Paul wrote to correct a lot of these things. If you take your time and look at 1 Corinthians. He projected the matter of love, which is the key commandment. And you know, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is a masterpiece of all times. Talking about love. What it is and what it is not. And how useless we are when we don't have love at the basis of what we are doing, even in working for God. 
And at the end of chapter 15, just before the last chapter of that letter, 1 Corinthians, he talked about how do we take the work of God. And then he said what he said, which I have already read, that we should be people who stand firm in what we know about God, who stand firm on the word of God, who stand firm in our faith in God, who stand firm as children of God, not people who are moved around by every wind, even winds of doctrines. Because there are also false doctrines. But the matured Christian must stand firm in the word of God that has been revealed, that is known to be true. The word of God is true. Stand firm in it. Praise the Lord. Whatever it is that you hear and is not in line with the word of God, you must jettison it. You must throw it aside. We have to be people who stand firm in God. And who take time to find out what is the purpose of God. What is the work of God that we should do for today. The work of God for this generation. For the work of God in this era in the history of human beings. He said, when you have identified what is the work of God you are supposed to do, he said, let us always do that work. Let us abound in it. Let us be doing it happily and bubbling about doing it. Doing it enthusiastically. Not with murmuring. Not with weeping. No. Doing it as children of God. In the power of God. And with God. And for sure, our efforts will not go in vain. Hallelujah. That is the background. And it agrees with our theme. That we should be strong. We should not be weak. Say no to any tendency. To weakness. To depression. To giving in. To succumbing. To falling by the wayside. To backsliding. That phrase is not in our dictionary. We are not people who put our hands on the plow and look back. No. Never be discouraged. Hallelujah. I will do my best not to talk for a very long time. We have mentioned that in all of this, let us be careful that we walk not according to flesh, but that we are led by the Spirit of God. That way we are going to avoid the works of the flesh. We are going to avoid the works of the devil. We are going to avoid what is called the useless works of darkness. Jesus is always our example. John chapter 9. Verse 4. That's where I would like to read. John 9 verse 4. Jesus said, I must walk the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can walk. This is from the master himself. That work of God that we want to do, it is now. Let us start walking that work. Let us occupy ourselves doing it, knowing that there is going to be 
a time limit. There is a time that will come and we can no longer walk. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 4. 1 Corinthians chapter 4. I will read verse 2. If you look at verse 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 4. We'll read 1 and 2. Let a man so consider us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Then verse 2 says, Moreover, it is required in a steward that one be found faithful. It gives us our attitude of mind. We see ourselves as workers under God, as servants of God, as stewards of God. You don't come out and raise your shoulders and begin to brag about Maybe you have raised somebody who died. A big miracle. Maybe you prayed for somebody who is sick. The person recovered. That should not take away our humility. Amen. We should be humble. As servants of the Lord. And very importantly, there is something called faithfulness. God is expecting us to be faithful. So if you look at all we are saying so far, we are talking about doing the work of God, the way God wants it done, when He wants it done, where He wants it done, and to the extent He wants it done. Hallelujah. Have you started any work of God? Anyone at all? Are you doing it the way God wants it done? Are you doing it where and when God wants it done? And then take care not to stop too early. Go on to the extent the Lord wants the work done. God is watching us all the time. In Revelations, we hear God telling a church, I know your work. Do you remember that passage? I know your work. God is watching to see how we are doing. May God find us faithful in the name of Jesus. I want to quickly draw our minds to three areas and then I'll start concluding. We read from Ephesians chapter 2. I would like to read verse 10. Ephesians chapter 2. I will read verse 10. I don't know how this passage came to my mind. And I wrote it down. And it's number one in this matter. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. For we... Uh, God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. Everybody say good works. Good works. Which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. I was reflecting on this. Why was this passage coming to my mind. And the point is first and foremost, the totality of the Christian is, is workmanship of God. If you are an art piece, you are the best. God's workmanship. Very beautiful, perfect, wonderful. But then he says, we are created for good works. For good works. So if you are a child of God, know it that God is expecting you to be exhibiting, let me use that word, displaying good works. 
wherever you are. That way, you are doing God's work. You are drawing souls to God. If you remember what Jesus said, let your light so shine before men that they will see what your good works and do what glorify God. The essence of the good works is to give glory to God. Is to draw people to God. When you do the opposite, the works of the devil, the works of the flesh, you chase people away from God. There are things somebody will be doing and then one day you bring out the Bible, people around you will run away. They say, if this is what a Christian is like, I don't care about Christianity. But when we are there displaying good works, we draw souls to us, to God. Hallelujah. Break it down. What are good works? And what is it that we do that are not good works? Very simple. Don't go to encyclopedia. When you encounter somebody and the person is loving, the person is kind, the person is patient, the person is good. Are you following where I am now? I am at Galatians 5.22. The fruit of the Spirit. You are displaying the fruit of the Spirit. You are actually displaying good works. Nobody hears you saying things that are foul or rotten. Nobody sees you very eager to fight, very eager to shout, very ready to display anger or rot. You are living according to the fruit that the Spirit is bearing in you. I am living out the fruit of the Spirit. That's very good. Everybody who sees me, everybody who sees you, will acknowledge that this is God's workmanship. He is created for good works. But when you see people who carry the Bible, and they are wicked, let's use that word, and they are wicked, you ask them for water to drink. They tell you to go to the stream and get the water. You tell him that he's blocking the fan. You need a bit of that fan. He shouts at you and tells you whether you cannot change your position. The way somebody behaves can actually be that you are doing the work of the devil and the work of the flesh. We are called upon to be good. Hallelujah. There's a statement I want you to take note of. Holiness is not only the absence of sin. It is also the presence of righteousness. I'll say it again. Holiness it's not only the absence of sin. It is also the presence of righteousness. In the context we are speaking, holiness includes being good. Being good. The works of God. What sort of human being are you? If you are at home or in a street, not even your home, and two, three, five-year-old children are fighting, about to throw themselves into the street and be hit by moving vehicles, you look at them and go away. Are you a good man? A good man will go and separate them. If you need to shout at them to save their lives, that is in order. You are a holy man. Hallelujah. 
sinu okenye ada ano nono ewu amu anobu you have to be someone who is ready to do good hallelujah i will leave this and that let's go to another general concept in ecclesiastes chapter 12 before we now go to a more particular one ecclesiastes chapter 12 the end of ecclesiastes you remember the man god used to write ecclesiastes the wisest man on earth he looked around at everything in the world and he was writing in ecclesiastes chapter 12 from verse 13 let's start from 13 yes let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter fear god and keep his commandments for this is the totality of the duty of man verse 14 for god will bring every work to judgment including every secret thing whether good or evil no matter what we do in the church out of church watch carefully and be sure you are keeping to god's commandments what does the bible say on this what does the word of god say on this we must be people who fear god and who keep his commandments that is the whole duty of man and he brings us again quickly to the issue of reward that god will bring every work to judgment including every secret thing whether good or evil the third and final segment is matthew chapter 28 which most of us know by heart verse is 19 and 20 jesus was speaking just before he departed from the earth back to heaven he told the disciples and by extension he told us he instructed his church verse 19 go therefore and make disciples of all the nations baptizing them in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit teaching them to observe all things that i have commanded you and lo i am with you always even to the end of the age is the matter of evangelism and discipleship we should bring people to christ baptize them have them established as christians but we don't stop there we say we should teach them teach them to be obedient to the word of god teach them to the point where they will observe what the lord has been teaching us i would like to dwell a little bit on this third matter the matter of evangelism and discipleship in our talking about abounding in the work of the lord we have established that first and foremost we are god's workmanship as believers if you are not a believer then become a believer because you are not god's workmanship in that sense you have not become someone who can display good works of god and until you are born again the work you will be doing cannot receive the reward that we are talking about i keep saying it somebody like st paul said i am going to receive crowns such crowns are not for just anybody they are people who have known jesus who have received him as lord and savior 
and who are doing their best day by day following him. They are born again. You can't be going to classes in a university because nobody will chase you away when you enter a class. You are attending classes, even doing exams. Do it for three years, do it for four, do it for six, eight years. You are not going to receive a degree from the university. True or false? Yes, that's not the way it is done. First of all, you have to be admitted and become a member of the university. You have to have your name on the university's records as a student. In some institutions, you sign the matricula. Then as you begin to walk, it's being recorded. And at the end, you're going to have a degree. And when you want to have the details, you have a transcript showing all you've done. Hallelujah. It's the same spiritually. You can't just come in and begin to wipe chairs in this church, begin to sweep, begin to ask the priest you want to preach, and we oblige you and give you a microphone. You preach and pray and do all kinds of things when you are not yet born again. Your name is not in the register in heaven. Everybody should remember this always. There are books in heaven. There are books of the names of children of God. There are books having the names of those who are born again. And the Bible tells us that at that critical moment, when you appear, that books will be opened to find out whether your name is there. If your name is there, everybody smiles at you. The gate opens automatically. And you have begun to dance and to move around before the Lord and with all the saints. If your name is not found there, God forbid, it will be a sad disaster. But our names will be in the book of life, in the name of Jesus. And most of us, our names are already there. Let us abound in the work of the Lord and maintain our name in that book, in the name of Jesus. And so we have talked about that. We have talked about keeping God's commandments. These are deliberate points. And that tells us that no matter what you do, do not reduce God's standard. You can be a priest like me. In your church, don't ever wake up and say there are seven commandments instead of ten. When you say there are seven, do you know what will happen? You are going to need more buildings to accommodate the number of people that will start coming to your church. If you say there are seven commandments, it's already happening. Everywhere will be overflowing. Even money will be flowing. But you will go to hell. God forbid in Jesus' name. Yes, because that's what is called the sanctuary shekel. It talks about God's standard. We must maintain it in our walk, in the name of Jesus. Let me give one example immediately in case some people are wondering what I'm talking about. Don't go preaching and witnessing. You end, you're a man. You go to God's hostel. You're witnessing and winning souls. And before you know it, you are committing sin with the girls. You are looking towards hell. The whole duty of man at the end of the day is that we must fear God and do what and keep his commandments. Let's now go back to this matter of evangelism and discipleship. I don't need to tell us that this is what we consider our main duty while we are still here on earth. Everybody knows that. A very common phrase is to say that so winning is the heartbeat of God. Remember that that's a statement used to say that so winning is very important. 
Amen. I don't want children to think that if you meet God and put your, your, your hand on his heart, you are going to be hearing soul winning. That's his heartbeat. God doesn't have any heartbeat. Hallelujah. But the statement is saying that soul winning is a prime matter before God. Amen. And one thing that brings joy to heaven is the winning of a soul. Isn't it? There are other things that bring joy to heaven. But one very key one is when a soul has been saved. There is rejoicing. Hallelujah. How do we win souls? I want to say it for purpose of let us say, reminding us before I round off. First and foremost, it is with prayer. Number two, you must remember that you are a co-worker with God. That helps you to know that it is actually God that brings conversion. So that will help us not to be uh, trembling or too shy about witnessing. Because part of what makes some people reluctant to preach is, what if I talk and the person doesn't listen to me? What if I bring out my Bible and they throw me out? That's not a problem. You have God working with you. God has purposed that in our generation, He will not come down from heaven and start going around preaching. No, no, no. He wants us to be the ones doing it as co-workers with God. If you want a big title, ambassador of Christ. That's what the Bible calls us. We represent Christ. Let's keep at it. So I say we must remember to pray, knowing that God is with us and trusting Him. And that way you don't exclude anybody. When I was much younger, and it's time to go witnessing, uh, some of us will choose to talk to those who look nicer and religious. And then those who look, you know, terrible, that they could give you a punch, you know, you, you pretend you didn't see those ones. Because you are afraid. This person won't listen. Who told you? The truth is that some of those people who look terribly in quotes are looking for somebody to talk to them about Jesus and pray with them. I'm telling you the truth. Some of them that are so big and uh, have very soft hearts. And some of them are afraid that they will go to hell. And some of them have tried to be good and are not able. So they admire Christians from a distance. But in themselves, they sit down and say, maybe we are going to hell. But in their quiet moments, they desire, some of them, they desire to turn a new leaf. In their meetings, when they are looking for a treasurer, they look for an SU sister. When they are looking for somebody who will do some key things, they look for a Christian. They know that Christians are good, and they desire Christianity. Praise the Lord. I have seen people who came to church and there was an altar call and they gave their life to the Lord. One that I remember now, husband and wife. They said they took the decision at home that when they come to church, they will give their lives to the Lord. So if the pastor or whoever was preaching that day, you know, said, Bakwanuru. Uh, making an altar call. Those two people would have gone back home. The harvest is ripe. What we are called upon is go out and do the work enthusiastically. Go out and preach in season and out of season. And don't discriminate. Preach to the big, preach to the, uh, preach to the smaller people. Smaller in terms of age, and so on, and even social status. Spread the word. Spread it. Spread it like a farmer spreading his seed. 
Leave what to be the outcome to God. Hallelujah. Sometimes it will be that Paul is the one preaching. And Apollos will come later and water it. And then God will give the increase. Let's, let's not stop preaching. Hallelujah. And let's remember that we don't preach only with our mouths. The most potent way of preaching is lifestyle evangelism. But in lifestyle evangelism, you must still open your mouth and mention Jesus. Praise the Lord. Lifestyle evangelism is that exhibition of Christian love. Being kind. Steering away from every appearance of the devil, of evil. Did you hear what I said? Every appearance of evil. That statement is important. It has guided and helped many Christians who made a success of their life as Christians. There is what is called avoiding every appearance of evil. Part of the challenges we have in the world is that we have Christians who keep saying it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter means as far as they are concerned, their hearts are clean. You are the one whose heart is dirty. I will go naked. I will talk nonsense. I will do whatever I like. I will attend riotous parties. I will drink and get drunk. They will say, it doesn't matter. But if they change, it doesn't matter too. Does this have an appearance of evil? That will help, isn't it? Because they will find that by the time you are drinking and beginning to go like this, it looks evil. Praise the Lord. It's true. By the time you begin to greet the opposite sex, and the greeting is now beginning to go beyond the, is he able or shoulder now? Uh -huh, it will begin to have the appearance. It's possible there is no sin or evil, but it has the appearance, isn't it? Praise the Lord. So we preach with our mouths. We preach with the way we live. And God will continue to help us in Jesus' name. It's been found that the most effective way of soul winning is one person talking to one person. The word of mouth. Person to person evangelism. So it's not so convenient sometimes. Sometimes it's, it's something very difficult, but that's the best and most effective. Let's keep at it. Number two, we organize crusades. We'll continue to organize, and that is very good. And please remember that when you have a crusade, even if you don't have a crowd before you, preach the message. Preach the message for two reasons. If there are two people there, and the two get converted, those two can turn the world right side up. Number two, particularly if you are preaching around institutions and hostels and so on, some people sit in their rooms and are listening. Some sit in the corridors. You are not seeing them, but they are listening. And they really mean to listen and hear you. And somebody can be saved, even though you are not seeing him in the crowd. Good Christian ministers do not insist on a crowd. But if we find a crowd, that is wonderful. And let's be serious to prayerfully minister. And please remember, whether it's in the church or in a private place, do not finish your preaching without making an altar call. An altar call does not have to be in front of this altar. Even if it's in a marketplace, and you're sharing with your customer, or with your friend, or with, your, or, or with you know, somebody you encountered there, and you got talking. At the end of presenting the gospel, urge the person to give his life to Jesus. That is altar call. Don't finish telling the gospel story, and the person is following and happy, and you say, okay, God bless you. I'll see you on Sunday. 
before you leave that person, urge him or her to take a decision there and then. Are we following? This is very important. Because we are talking about abandoning the work of the Lord. One of the effects will be expanding the kingdom of God. And God will continue to help us in Jesus' name. We know about social media. If you haven't started it, start. It's not only for university students who are the gurus in social media, mobile phone and computers. You can use a text message. You can use a WhatsApp message. You can use a picture on WhatsApp. You can use other aspects of social media and reach out to somebody. This is Christmas. Maybe the person is a big man, big ogre. Send him a Christmas message. Send him Happy New Year and add a sentence about what does it profit a man if he shall win the whole world and lose his soul. You'll be surprised. That big man will be trembling in his heart. Am I about to forfeit my soul? You understand? You have sowed the seed. Hallelujah. Let us read some, some scriptures and close. So we keep winning souls the way the Lord directs us, the way the Holy Spirit helps us. And I want to say it again at the expense of repeating myself over and over. Please remember that God is involved. What you thought was a useless uh, statement, if it's the word of God, it's not useless. And it can be effective. Praise the Lord. That person you thought was not listening or was looking down on you, you'd be surprised the person can get saved from the message because God is involved. In Romans chapter 12 verse 1, if I see it, can bring it, but I'll keep moving for time. The Bible says we should not be slothful. Do not be slothful. We are talking of elements that help us to really be effective. Do not be slothful. In John 9, 4, we recapture what the Lord Jesus said, that his food is to do the work of God and to finish it. Please, let's not stop, by the way, even in this church, projects, assignments, tasks you have taken up, finish it. Don't stop, by the way. Hallelujah. This is very important. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 13, we have a warning that every man's work at the end of the day will be made manifest. Every man's work will be made manifest. What sort of work have you done as a Christian? Were you able to abound in the work of the Lord? Were you able to really put your foot down, stay fast? Doing it and following the standard of God. Complying with the commandments. Doing it in love. Consistently, steadfastly. And bearing fruit. He said, each one's work will become clear. For the day we declare it. Because it will be revealed by fire. And the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. That's First Corinthians 3.13. May God find our work worthy, tried and tested, and standing, and receiving his blessing and reward. In the name of Jesus. Amen. I want to conclude by taking us back to the topic. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58. He called out brethren. So that's why I said, if you are not yet born again, you are not among the brethren. Nobody should deceive himself. Say, brethren, be steadfast. Be steadfast. Be unmovable. See what's going on in Nigeria. Remain firm as a child of God. 
Don't collect money from some people or bribe and begin to do evil. Never. Abound in the work of God consistently. Be courageous. Knowing that the Lord will give you reward. The reward will come. Reward will come while we are here. And the reward will continue as we step into heaven. Let us pray. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for bringing us through this topic that we all know about. Father, we pray that this exercise of speaking and listening to this message will not be futile, will not go in vain, in the name of Jesus. Father, help us to keep remembering the need to do your work. There is a reason why we are still alive. Help us, Lord, to be steadfast in doing your work. Doing quality work that will stand to time. Doing work that makes you happy. Doing work that brings glory to you. Doing work that establishes to the world around us that we are your God's workmanship meant for good works. And in all of it, Lord, help us not to be lawbreakers. Help us to walk in line with your word and commandments. Thank you, glorious God. Father, we are looking forward to your reward. Remember each and every one of us in your mercy. And bless us. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Sweet.